1: podcast oh that's very radio voice and a podcast with frustrating <laughs> moments with some well-known people you've gone a bit um it's a bit jazz club yeah, and nuts. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just thought i'd try <laughs> something different this week I don't think it's working. No, I'm not convinced <laughs> no. by it. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, this is a blank podcast. We've started. I'm just going to roll with it. Uh, I'm Jim Daly, and this, of course, is Charles Paley Phillips. Yeah, the, the person who sort of criticises the intros every week. Apologies, Jim. <laughs> it's fine. You're just keeping me on the straight and narrow. Yeah. That was a bit too jazz club. Yeah.
0: I don't... Hi, and welcome mm. to
1: the I've always thought I could have my own radio show, but now hearing that intro You could intro, have your own radio know. show, but not if you I haven't, like But I haven't got a radio voice. I've just got my voice. Yeah, well, that's f- you don't. Ha- is there a such a thing as a radio voice oh, anymore? Oh, yeah, though? there is. It's, no, people don't, don't talk like, like that it, anymore. It sounds like, like a radio. pilot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just flying over uh, Vancouver and uh, yeah. Feet. You, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, how's your week been? It's been uh, a good week. Still writing. Still writing.
2: Um, I've done a few author events recently, actually. Oh, cool. So I did one in the Brighton Festival um about uh writing big themes for small people so it was about um, oh, nice. writing about loss and bereavement so it was a panel sh- a panel debate sort of thing and it was uh, yeah it was really good it was um yeah it was hard at times because it was yeah, quite emotional people talking about loss and grief um and writing them so yeah but it was re- you know it was it was really lovely to be asked to do it and so yeah I really enjoyed that
1: fantastic that sounds what sounds really sounds really Worthy, that kind of thing. That like, sounds useful and
2: yeah, and it, uh, and hopefully it was uh, something for people that were coming along who were wanting to write something yeah. in that vein. So yeah, and hopefully the people could take away. And it's just really nice and to be asked to do be part of the Brighton Festival, which is you know uh, a big thing.
1: So yeah, it was a real pleasure. Good stuff, cool. Um, I'm unemployed, so let's move on to <laughs> uh, this week's guest, which is uh, the brilliant well, second person from League of Gentlemen. Yeah, we're trying second person from Breton yeah. Hall yeah so we are getting some little clubs together it is of course reese shearsmith
2: ah brilliant reese shearsmith who is a fantastic actor writer comedian
1: uh, an all-round nice person really nice person yeah uh, really enjoyed spending an hour in his time um, and we cover so many subjects actually in this hour mm. and actually we go we go into some areas we haven't done with other people before Uh, Specifically kind of shyness and sort of social anxiety, social anxiety, but breaking through it when you're a performer, Mm. which is really interesting. And I think actually something that we all can relate to on on varying degrees. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. And it was really good of Reese to uh, be honest about those things. You know, Um, I think he probably agree that, um, you know, it probably wasn't the easiest thing to come and sit. Sit and talk to us for a couple of hours, you know, um, to do the podcast, you know, because I mean, I get sometimes get a bit nervous when we're meeting new people, yeah. so yeah, I think probably Reese felt the same way.
1: Yeah, he um, stayed, so he stayed, yeah, it, went, yeah, it yeah. went all right.
2: Yeah, so we like, really
1: appreciate Reese coming down, and uh, he's just such a lovely guy, really, really nice guy. And uh, I think we're just going to roll straight into it. So, this is Reese Shearsmith on the Blank podcast. <laughs>
2: Wish you Thank you for coming to Blank Podcast. It's very lovely to see you today. It's a weird lovely to be here. Bit of a weird weather day. Sir.
0: Yeah, it's a bit muggy. It looks like it's threatening to rain. But I'm I like the rain now. We don't it doesn't rain anymore. No. And uh, I I talking to Jeremy yesterday about it. He said he checks the rain now because he's he started to think of sort of Stephen King like Story If it just stopped raining one day, what would happen? Yeah. How long would you last? Yeah. What a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, a great uh, idea. Uh, I've told him everyone in and but, <laughs> 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 but uh, really? it's just the idea of the fact that it doesn't seem to rain as much. Yeah, and so it's lovely when it's well, last year it was very warm, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, and we've That's had really that ludicrous Easter, didn't we? That was so hot. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the heat, I'm much more of a no, I don't get like wrapped that. up person and I like bundling up, but yeah, heat fags me out. Yeah, what would, if, you, if you could rather be. Way too hot or way too cold. I think I'd be rather be cold and so bundle can, up, yeah, than just cool. s- s- uncomfortably sweaty. I don't like it. Yeah, and there's no way out, is there? No, that's it. You, you're done.
2: I think that's it. It's the sweatiness. I mean, I got on the. I was on the train today, and it was very packed. It's the Southern Rail, right? So it's always, you know, yeah, brilliant. You know, brilliant service. Yeah, and um I just felt myself getting more and more sweaty and
0: hot and yeah, flaggy. It's and horrible, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it just. You can't do anything. can't think straight. No. So, yeah, bring on the rain, I say. I like yeah. the drizzle. Uh-huh. <laughs> some people don't like it, do they? It makes them sad. Oh, so I lo- I've always what been
2: more than autumn yeah, autumn it kind of an autumnal kind makes
0: them blue. I
1: don't mind it. I, I don't
0: mind it. Here. It doesn't do that to me. It doesn't make me think, make me change my mood. Maybe if it was relentless, like in seven. <laughs> <The constant laughs> yeah. But it's not, yeah. you know, a bit of rain. It's lovely to There's look a out. It's There's pitter-patter. A There's a word, isn't there,
1: for being Seasonal. inside. Seasonal. No, it's being oh, inside right. and then
0: Hearing the rain outside, right. enjoying outside. the sound of yeah. the rain. So I do like that. Well, that's you can get apps for just the sound of rain, can't you? To put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 A thunderstorm rumbling in the background. Yeah. I've done that. I've yeah. had that playing on and, and happily gone to sleep with it. In, Same. In do you the have background. trouble sleeping? Um, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I think... I always have trouble sleeping when I know I've got to get up the next day. But that's like <laughs> yeah. everyone, isn't it? Yeah. If there's an, an urgent thing. But um, there can be... I think I drink too much tea too know, uh, late uh, into the evening. Cause and I always think, it doesn't really... Not, that doesn't affect me like everyone says it does, but it clearly does, because the experiments when I've not and stopped drinking at about six, I've had a really nice, nice sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is that. There is a, a link. But, uh, yeah, no, not particularly bad trouble sleeping. I don't dream. Don't you? I don't seem to dream, no. Oh, I mean, no. I must dream, because I think you go mad if you don't. Yeah. But I never remember my dreams. is oh, okay. Isn't that funny, yeah? I've always thought, I wish I did. I wish I could wake yeah. up and write down all these amazing... Because people tell me that... Often that they've had these incredible dreams, I think. Like, well, I can't ever remember a single thing when I wake up. That does up.
2: feel like you're missing out, because I, I mean, I go through stages of dreaming, so it might be a week and I dream every night, and right. then I dream for, for several months.
0: Really? Yeah. And you're very vivid, remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I don't have it at all. Yeah. It's rubbish, isn't it?
1: Well, a lot of creative people sometimes dream. Ideas Yeah That become projects Or become I know Wish I did Ran out <laughs> no, Ran out in
2: real life, life yeah. yeah I don't think I ever dream ideas It tends to be like Having a tooth extracted Or that's supposed to be Something to do with money Isn't it? All these like, ideas Yes About yeah, so what I they think, mean insecure, yeah.
0: you see, All your teeth are loose And it yeah. means you're insecure About something Yeah. And stuff, Or yeah. you're yeah. running away From
2: something they're generally quite negative things I think. To whatever
0: you're dreaming, you
2: could be dreaming about a yeah, rainbow. Yeah, well, why can't
0: it be that if your teeth are loose it means that you're free and you yeah, feel, yeah, you're yeah, very yeah. you know, unencumbered by any restraints. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, you
0: don't need teeth. Yeah, to. you don't need teeth. You wanna be a baby again. Or what? really old. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> what about when you're performing? I was just thinking I know when I used to play in bands and stuff and we used to have late night gigs and stuff like yeah. that. and yeah get that, After the adrenaline
0: rush, yeah, it, hard. it is hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when you do a show and you finish at half ten, twenty past ten, it's, you can't just then go right. Good night. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. do feel like you're awake and your your day is topsy turvy to everyone else's. And you, but the danger then is you you deserve a big meal and you go and eat. Yeah. And, and that's you've got to be really careful. I mean, we didn't on last tour. We did the league tour. We, were, we had such a fun time. But you, if you've got to fight the thing of Feeling like, well, it would deserve to have a nice night now. We've done this big job yeah, and then yeah. going out for a few drinks and blah, blah, blah. But um, if you can do, manage to be careful, you can do it. But you certainly can't go to bed straight after you, no. well, two in the morning. The musicals I've done, I've always been quite buzzing after those. Because yeah. you, you can't not do them on full pelt. And then you it takes a while to come down, doesn't it, yeah. from... You- because you did the producers, did Yeah, you? I did, yeah, for a year I did that. Wow, that's a long time. Long time, yeah, yeah, to do anything. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. So that was, yeah. That Singing was and dancing, now, that Yeah, must that, take that out was you. full on, yeah. It was sort of the fittest I'd been, but the most decrepit. <laughs> yeah. I know it was only 30 when I did it, <laughs> But the dance injuries of. Yeah. And you, there's no recoup time, you can't get better from it. You know, you know you're on every night patched up. Yeah. When I did Betty Blue Eyes, which is the Alan Bennett. Um, private function musical. Yeah. I did oh, with. okay. Yeah, yeah. I was the Gilbert, the Michael Pelling part, and I got repetitive strain injury from carrying the Sheropodis case because <laughs> it was it was like a real one. It was actually heavier than a real one. I said this does not. This is pretend. We don't. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be a big heavy wooden thing that's actually giving me a, a repetitive strain injury. Yeah. And I'll like, oh, we'll just give you hydrocortisone in your. In your, in your elbow you'd be fine I don't want that I, want, <laughs> I don't want a lighter just case to, yeah, just to patch yeah. me up
2: <laughs> to get me through the what contract was the, what, was, yeah, what was the reasoning behind having this heavy coach Is it, I think,
0: think they just wanted make, the authenticity yeah. it was all quite literal and it was like we, we can't really just have you a we really want to get injured yeah, yeah I know and it had all these little <laughs> compartments and bo- heavy glass bottles and it was just it was silly in the end I said look just if you won't just take all the things out and make it lighter inside even if you want to look like it's a big heavy yeah. box anyway I got through
1: it. <laughs> it was they only want, a musical. They wanted the authenticity of you having RSI. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I got it. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so, Hull, you're from Hull, not Yeah, isn't from
0: Hull. We normally start off by asking what school was like. Right, well, school, mm-hmm. for me, well, do you mean juniors or seniors? Well, I call it juniors. Whoever you to go so in first. Infants. <laughs> Infants, yeah. <laughs> do you remember that, I remember being, I was right next to the school, so I could go home at lunchtime but so close that i could run home if i was frightened <laughs> really? so i used to come sometimes would run back in in uh, half ten when i got to homesick when i yeah, was very yeah. little really yeah. little and some and in juniors uh, the school backed onto our garden i could see my mum putting the washing out and things and oh. and i was like behind the i was in the prison it was like oh, there, yeah, there she is yeah. there's the free world yeah. going about a business to be in the washing yeah. going to the shops coming back in the garden and I'm in here, and I'm not allowed to leave it. And I, I really, it was a thing that I could sort of really. No one else could sort of have have that. You know, it was just separate. They were at school, yeah, and yeah. they went home, and it, their houses were not buffered against the. You think that would actual, be really convenient? But actually, no. It was. It was a, trauma, sort of was a saying. hell. Yeah. Was <laughs> and the the worst. Um, I don't know if I've ever told this. When I was really little. And then, and this is the school's fault, not my fault, but we. Uh, Someone, for some reason, there was the there was junior school, but then it was it, backed, it was connected to the infants, and there was little, really little toddlers in there. I think it was like the nursery bit, and um, because for whatever reason, there wasn't a lock on the gate of the where the, all the little toddlers were. So it was just a, a thing that was built into the curriculum that some the two they would have guards that would look after that door in the break times, so none of the little little ones could get get out. Yeah. So putting responsibility on two two other little kids, one day it was my turn to do it, and I was stood guarding the gate, the little children, and I was thinking, no one's going out of here. And then I looked across and saw my little brother who'd just started school, sort of looking really forlorn all by himself with no one out I thought, oh, I can't bear it. and I, So I went, I left the gate. Um, and then uh, uh, the break ended, and then there was, we were all, we all, the whistle went, we all had to line up into our little lines of our classes. And the headmistress, Mrs Hall-Clark, Came out and was shouting my name in the most furious, white with anger, rage. And I never, I was really a good little silent. I never would ever rock any boat or anything. And I suddenly think, why is she calling? Why is that's me? What did she want with me? And t- some children had g- had got out and I been toddlers had wandered down the road and there could have been a terrible accident. <laughs> and she literally pulled me out of the line and smacked my backside oh, wow. for what felt like a long time it, <laughs> in front of the, in all all the school. It, oh. And uh, I was, it was it was sort of shocking. I was I wanted to cry, but I was so shocked. It was like being in a car accident. It was I went yeah, yeah. like some sort of weird yeah. shaking shock. It was really horrible. But it stayed with me. Yeah. But it was, and then I think think back and think, well, you should have had to, a lock on the gate. Yeah. 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 it's quite <laughs> simply <laughs> sorted. Isn't it? it's, it's very simply sorted. Yeah, <laughs> it's this, this weird challenge to not have the children get out and be knocked down. But and I felt bad. But I was yeah. It was it was only out of wanting to look after my little brother. Yeah. But that, that that cut no mustard with her, it was like, you've, you've let down the, the school, you could have been responsible for a child's death. Sure, so, yes, this is
1: responsibility huge, on huge, yeah.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah. Huge weight to bear. Yeah. At, at it was, time, it yeah. was, yeah. And it was just, uh, I always stayed with me because I thought, that's not fair. I'm, I'm, I'm a good little child. I remember one time in French trying to be naughty and, and joining in with the other, with the sort of known disruptors and Miss Kemp. Who was a nice teacher? She just took me aside at the end and said, You don't, don't do that. It was just a sort of really sort of like, Don't do that. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. yeah. She never even really had to say what she meant. I just knew. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, yeah you're right. you're Yeah. I just realised, Yeah, that's not for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm
2: the gate loosener boy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, yeah. <laughs> I get people killed. My
1: reputation
0: <laughs> yeah. precedes me. So, uh, yeah. And uh, so I was never really a. Uh, a uh, uh, or on So you kind of kept yourself. To yourself I was quite like, low key. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't. Um, I think I was slightly wryly funny, and people might, if they ever did, got to know me, I, I think I was like the geeky one, just the quiet one. No mm. one. I didn't have any uh, friends. I have friends, but not. They were like minded. They were just like into yeah. horror and quite the, the children that would shut the curtains and read the Edgar Allan Poe rather than go out. Oh, that was maybe just me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I was not a sporty child at all didn't do no. it I would always try and get out of being in the in the school although weirdly I'd say that when I was in my junior school I um I was really fast how I, I could do the um athletic things like high jump and long and uh the hundred meters because I was asthmatic as well I had an inhale as classic and uh but I but the hundred meters was all right. I could do it without because it was short burst yeah and I was fast and I, I remember going to the Eastern Districts whole sports day and and representing uh, the school. I don't know if I won or maybe came second or third, but yeah, it was good because that was suddenly that was an, an unusual facet because it was like this person does no sport, so I could suddenly do this. thing. I was quite good at high jump as well. Weirdly, no, I couldn't do it now. I walk up steps now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it, I wasn't particularly academic at school and sport. Like running, like say, running athletics, I wasn't very good at other sports. Yeah. Right? Running athletics was something that I was okay Oh right, really. And Similar thing. Yeah, and it it was it was kind of like um I became accepted. So so like sports day, for right. example, I was like, you know, I had kind of put on yeah. a pedestal to a certain extent. Yeah. And it yes. felt really kind of I don't know, very important. You know? Yeah. And I do remember thinking at the time, like, oh, there was like some currency but, yeah. to it. Yeah, suddenly, yeah, like, oh, they've,
0: yeah. they're, they're, I'm allowed now, yeah, yeah. to be in the, Yeah, that's to of that it.
2: Quiet kind of, yeah, that's a isn't obscure it? kind of like not particularly bright kind of kid that sits in the corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's funny. I mean, I, I didn't, um I don't know how it came about that I knew I was even good at that, but the, yeah, that and the, uh, mm. the relay race where you on the baton yeah. was quite because that again was another short little mm. get step. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, apart from that, not really. uh Quite uneventful school, and, and at college was the same. I was mm. quite quiet in the first and second years, and I just quietly getting on with it. I didn't really try to cause a. I'm quite I'm quite shy, really, mm. and I was I've always been quite um, don't like to put the spotlight on. I would always deflect it, yeah, and uh, be happy with not having the pressure of any sort of expectation. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you don't look at me, you know, I can't do yeah. it, I can't do it wrong. But uh, yeah, and, and acting-wise, that was you know the first foray. of That was in infants. Um, the very first part I ever played was a, was a, a monk in the. I think it was like a pant. We I don't know what it was. I was panto, but I played Saint Boniface. I don't know what he right. is. I think he's the patron saint of animals or something. Someone will look up what it is. But and I just, I've got pictures of me like smiling befatically behind behind these wood, um <laughs> cut out trees in a, in a cowl it's quite sinister actually yeah, <laughs> it's <good to> <laughs> it silly, silly, silly yeah. yeah no, it, it was uh, <laughs> of animals, <yes>. yeah. <laughs> this weird Pied piper type character. <laughs> yeah. It was meant to be not a nice thing but even then i was injecting it with <laughs> making it a little bit darker <laughs> well, um, what was the pla- what was the pantomime i can't remember I mean, it was one bit of a pantomime yeah. it was that and there was you know i think it might have been it was like, make sure the Nutcracker and the and the Matchstick Girl, and it was all okay. very a bit odd, yeah. it's and Christine Anderson, quite yeah, pretty, yeah, quite dark in its own way. But yeah, I just remember that, and then I think I did um, the Lion in the in, in the Wizard of Oz version of Wizard of Oz, Cowardly Lion, which was good fun. Um, but and that uh, we never even had drama at, at um, in, in in my senior high; it wasn't even an option, so I didn't ever sort of pursue it in school. But I we used to with. Um, outside of school, we had a really early video camera, massive mm. thing, VHSes yeah. that you yeah, put yeah. in, and black and white. I mean, it was just—it yeah. was not even colour. Wow. It was ridiculous, and the big wires trailing around like. So, uh, and I would do write little sketches and do little um, parodies of Paul Daniels and things. And I oh remember, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've still got them. Yeah, I remember doing. Uh, did you do his voice then? I did. Yeah, really? yeah. I mean, it won't, not a lot.
1: Not a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I did What did you have a Debbie McGee I didn't have a Debbie McGee <laughs> but I had uh, I would have a recurring um, theme where he would in, he because Paul Daniels himself would always have Hans Moretti on remember him he was a German oh, yeah, with a bald head and a massive yeah. moustache and he would do <laughs> escapology things and come out of boxes and uh, he, he would off, he, his, his thing was the crossbone shooting an uh, apple off his head or off, off his wife's head Helga yeah. she had this German wife as well she um, was his assistant and uh, I had Hugo, which was... Hugo was a toy from the 70s that was a man's head. A bold little effigy <laughs> of a head, of, just the head of a man. And you, would, you could disguise it. Ah and it had okay. different eyes and a little wig like that like yeah. a little, <laughs> black, little black wig you could put on and teeth and and and, and pull down eyes and it was like and cuz my big other thing that was interesting was makeup and doing special oh, effects. Oh okay. Yeah yeah yeah. So that was a little kit that was it you know it was like the, the first four to do it. cool. It, yeah, it does, was good yeah, yeah. Hugo yeah. Man of a Thousand Faces I think it's oh, exactly. called. Yeah. You can see it online if you look it up. don't think you can get it anymore maybe on eBay. But I cast Hugo's head in um some uh, latex because I was sort of trying to learn about the sure, how, to, yeah. how they do the techniques, and then I made a plaster of Paris copy of it, slush moulded it so it was hollow like an egg, and then I put the tash on it, and then with my uncle's um, pellet um, air rifle, <laughs> I filled it with blood. We all we-, we-, we did it. I wasn't just me doing it, but he was helping me. Being, how old they, you, this t- it? Must have been about <clears throat> ten. Okay. Know. Filled it with um, beetroot and jam and blood. And then I did, and I had my Paul Daniels box with a little cut up like a Gillian mouth speaking. Now then, on my show, we have, once again, Han ready, doing the famous bullet catch that it cut to the, <laughs> to the little pot head and then <laughs> <laughs> space it. Oh, near. Oh, it's gone wrong. It's yeah. gone wrong. So uh, those were the kind of things Fantastic. I was doing when I was little, yeah. yeah. It's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think you must have it somewhere. So left. did you
2: start? Oh, that? I really want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I like to find did it. Did you destroy your Hugo then?
0: No, Hugo was all right. He did yeah. get a little bit of a mess after the latex had gone on it. Yeah. yeah, it was a sort of like in the it, was, it became. Doing the the Hans Moretti head became more important than the Hugo head, so <laughs> I uh, forfeited the, 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 the plastic head but yeah, it was good it was good fun so and,
2: even that that kind of made you
0: were looking We were creating something slightly darker yeah yeah it? I guess yeah. so I mean I found uh, it was just yeah I mean I don't know why but that really tickled me that I remember the ear came off first and all the blood was pouring out the ear <laughs> and then another gunshot and it all exploded so it worked very well but uh, I mean I guess I was inter- interested in horror anyway and watched horror films we I mean not too gory it was all the ones that were on like BBC Two and the, yeah you'd get the yeah. you, Hammer double bill, wouldn't you, Will? You, you, late night horror double bill with a, a Universal and then a Hammer. Yeah. And I would be watching those at 11, 12, 13, 14. And, and I had my Usborne book of ghosts and um, monsters and UFOs and the supernatural was all... That was all the stuff that I was really drawn to and just endlessly fascinated by. And still am, I think. As yeah. I've got older, I've retreated back into seeking out all those things that gave me such comfort.
1: Yeah, I think I'm yeah. trying to
0: f- find and feel the same thing I felt when I was little again now yeah. so I'm just surrounding I'm like a big I'm an adult baby man I don't know what <laughs> I am but it's, it's it's great to just pursue I mean we were talking about with Jeremy the other day about how our magic as well as blooms and our interest in magic and illusion that's huge now in for both of us probably more than when we were little but it's really kept we've kept it alive and sort of returned to it as, a, as adults too and I think it must be something to do with feeling like you're getting that feeling again of when you were, of just no responsibility this is yes. just your thing mm-hmm. and you enjoyed doing it so yeah, I think it's just a sort of um,
2: and if you're drawn to other people that are into it as well yeah was, of
0: course mean, yeah it. absolutely yeah I mean that was a thing that me and Jeremy bonded over really when mm. we first met via via Mark he was interested in magic and I think we went to see a magic show in Edinburgh I don't remember now but yeah so it's it's lovely when you meet people that have you think, God, you're the same. You have to say, I'm yeah. not weird. You've got, you you <laughs> yeah, know all these yeah, references. Yeah. And that's a lovely thing, isn't it, when you find that. It's hard, you know, not everyone finds that. And you're very lucky when you find someone yeah. that you sort of really connect with.
2: And I guess you did when you eventually went to Britain Hall. Um, yeah.
0: Well, Jeremy was in Leeds, but Mark and Steve were in the year above me and they were sort of like these, they were already their own superstars because they were putting on their own shows and sketches and doing what... I was looking at it and thinking, God, it's, this is... Because Breton was, when we were there, it was sort of... I think it got better when we left, but when we were there, we sort of left to our own devices. Mm-hmm. And that, in a weird way, was good for us because we were able to... It allowed us just to do our own sketches and write and, and put little things on in the, in the bar. Because Breton Hall itself is the only dry village in, in West Yorkshire. It's no pub.
1: Oh right nice.
0: That's true Yeah Because you've got a connection with Bretton
1: Hall Well you? my wife went to Bretton Hall as well. Oh right,
0: right yeah. yeah well the KB, the bar that was at, of the university Was the, the only place you could get drinks Wow And you couldn't get off it at, after about half five at night There was no buses off it into Bretton, into, Breton, into yeah. Wakefield so you were stuck You like were stuck, you were literally <laughs> warned about cabin fever When you yeah. were thinking of potentially going there It was like, it's a bit overlook hotel-y, you know, here You do get oh, really? a bit isolated okay. Yeah, and you had to Think, do I mind that? Yeah, There's Being, a maze out yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and some yeah. windows that don't ever fully yeah. open. There's these strange two girls that hang around in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't mind them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, it was it was an odd odd place, but um, very uh, fruitful because it did it left us to just do our own thing and um, put our little sketches on. But really, it didn't really begin to happen for us as a team until we'd all sort of left Bren and had a bit of life experience I think that was the good thing about what happened to was we didn't immediately we used to look on quite sadly at people that never you know these sort of ghosts of people that they they get to the end of the uni days but they don't leave the area They're of still, still hanging around mm. like ghosts of you like you should now be moving on now don't yeah. be still sort of hanging around like older <laughs> students that never left yeah Hamlet's father just roaming the balcony. <laughs> so we did, and I think that was good because it meant that we had a bit of life experience, and we all mm. went off tried to be actors individually. And it felt like we'd gone into the real world for a bit, not just hung around trying to perpetuate mm. the the time of when you're a student. Yeah, yeah. Still, you, you, you get out, you get past that, and then it's and then what? So we did that, and we went, and I did little bits in. I did a bit in London's Burning. And I did some theatre education, a lot of telesales, and yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know nothing really until we had our thing when we came back together to do. And what do you the think? What,
2: that, what kind of was a catalyst for that
0: happening? It, it was, was because I think Mark. I knew, I was in contact with Mark a lot because he used to come and stay in, in the flat I was in in hmm. London because he was lived in Bristol for a while. Mark he wasn't in London based, and Mark and Steve had already got his own theatre company and was doing his own sort of plays with Gordon Anderson who was also now a TV director and Catherine Tate and lots of other things. And he was the one that suggested that we do some sketches together the, the three of us and four of us actually because Jeremy acted as well originally. And he had a place he'd been directing stuff on the on the fringe in London. And there was one season where it was going to be a set of plays that had all done quite well that year and it was like a season of all these quite successful fringe plays. And he had a gap in an hour's gap because he couldn't fill it with as many plays as he thought. And he said, do you want to, in this hour, do you want to create a show that you could just do it? Because we've got the space. I think it was at Edgeware Road in the Cockpit Theatre, I think it was. It's not there now. And uh, we did, we had some sketches that we'd written, some of them based on my experiences, but on the dope Pauline sketch, and and uh, Mark did a PE teacher, and they were all quite dark, funny things. And um, we, we put it together. And the, and the thing that I think made the league made people sit up about the league it wasn't particularly the material even it was just the it was the rigor with which we executed the actual sketches it it Mm. was really important to us that it was a it wasn't ropey it wasn't rocket science what we did but we just made it really slick Mm. and and drilled it and had the you know the wherewithal to think right we we, you can't have a tinkling piano and the curtain flapping between each sketch and it it all sagging we wanted to be really military in the in the Bam Bam Bam. so you're like watching a very quick fire sketch show yeah. that was just didn't have any fat in it. And it. It felt like we'd rehearsed it. It was just theatrical. We come from acting, yeah, background, yeah. so that mattered to us that it was an, a full n- night of theatre in a way. Yeah. Was, that bigger picture m- was important. So I think that was why in Edinburgh mm-hmm. it, it set itself apart because they were pretty ropey <laughs> the sketch shows you would go and see, yeah. and it wasn't only in '96 when, when we first went. It was. Um, the, uh, the stand-up was, was the king of, yes. of, of, of yeah, the comedy. Yeah. So we didn't really... We were a bit old-fashioned with our tuxedos and that, but that was that meant to be ironic, to get mm. sort of people thinking it would be an Oxbridge-type thing, and it was this quite dark stuff by yeah. these these northern fellows. <laughs> Which was a weird thing. We used to get annoyed by the, the north-south thing, because they used to go, four northern lads have come up Yeah, <laughs> to watch yeah, them. It. It's like, why would not say four southern lads? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know. It's very strange. We never really understood it, yeah. But anyway, so we did that, and, the, and it, it was like they appreciated the uh, the rehearsal I think and, and the sketches were funny I think and that was that show that we first did in Edinburgh was based on all our best bits of these of these shows we've been doing in London because we booked this place in Maida vale, the Canal Cafe and we just booked it every Monday night and not knowing whether we'd even have a show ready mm. yeah and just wrote and wrote and rehearsed and changed every week for as long as we just
2: slowly s- honing slowly
0: it. honing it mm. and 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 also telling us a, a narrative with slowly what emerged was that if you came one week and Pauline was doing this the next week, you'd know we'd think you'd you'd been before so you'd know her and now she's doing something different, so it was mm. a sort of mini yeah. gestation of the of the narratives of the of the characters and their stories mm. and not quite doing the same thing every week, and then we sort of picked the best bits of of best shows the best. Sketches of yep. those, of those long that long run, and that became our our, our Edinburgh, and then we. And did you find you started to get following like you saying you started yes, changing? Yes, people bit, did come. I mean, like we that. had people that were our friends that were coming a lot, and I remember one miserable sort of February going trudging there in and Jeremy's mini. And I said, Jeremy, what are we doing? <laughs> no every single person in the audience has seen it already. There's no... They're only coming out of kindness. And he was like, no, we must... We must we must, we must not stop, he said. And it was a sort of... Uh, I mean, the good thing about it now, and I think it's a good thing, is it wasn't um, a cynical... I didn't know what we thought we were doing. But all I knew was we didn't... We couldn't not do it once we'd started doing it. It was yeah. like... There was the tantalising idea that Industry people might see it, but and that, but that wasn't like or what you do is you, you, you get a sketch show and then you, you get that, gets successful, and then you all get taken away and you all have your own careers, yeah. like as if it was there was never a plan to it, no, other than just it was fun and we really enjoyed it. And people seemed to be saying it was good and we wanted to do it. And uh, it was all every step of the way that going to Edinburgh, then getting a the Radio 4 commission, which was in '96, it wasn't after the Perrier, it was the first year we went. And then there was like a bi-media thing where you would get a TV series if you had a radio series then, extraordinarily. So we, then we knew we would have a TV series and it just all, it was all great. It was just like, oh mm. good, really, have we? And it was a, quite an innocent little baby steps toward suddenly finding myself, I, I, was, I was at the other end of 10 years having done three series and a, yeah. two live shows and a film. But I guess yeah. that's
1: what it, you have to have business plans these days, obviously. Yes. But if you're not doing it because you want to, if you're doing it out of a sense of duty, then you've lost that thing that yeah. makes you do it and makes you good at
0: it. Absolutely, yes. There wasn't... I think you are certainly on to... It would be a different thing to think cynically about, right, what the, the model is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. we just couldn't sort of not do it. We were just doing it uh, very uh, impulsively and instinctively and, and just had that youthful... Energy to want to do it I think you know we look back now and we we were good because we were we were like like Jeremy says we were like pebbles in a bag we were rubbing off on each other mm-hmm. and using and, and all vying to be good better than the other people you know we, we made each other better mm. and um, it was just that and when it, it was always good fun people often say oh do you, do you row?" did you ever use our arguments? But we never did because it was going well. It, went, mm-hmm. it always went all right. I think if it was a struggle, we, yeah. we would start to fall out and it would be like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. But, you know, it never really, didn't really happen because it was always a joy to do. And, and so much so that when we came back to do it in nearly 20 years later, a couple of years ago, when we did our specials, it was, a, it was like we'd never been away. It was like, well, like I saw you the adage in, of you'll never yeah, leave, yeah, it's quite well, right. Yeah. Well, I saw you
2: guys yeah. in Brighton on the tour. Oh, right, did you? yeah. And you could, you know, you could see the joy in your face. Yes, performing, you oh well know. good, that's Don't good, yeah, yeah. And it really did genuinely
0: yeah. was, I was happy that that wasn't a pretend thing, you know, we weren't, it, it was so much fun to do it and it was such, you couldn't not be infected by the love mm. in the room for this creation that people have kept alive for, yeah. in our absence yeah. for nearly 20 years, it was a thrill to think, they seemed so pleased to see them again. Yeah. The characters—I mean, not necessarily us—but those characters coming back out of the woodwork again—it was lovely, and it was felt really. Uh, yeah,
2: I felt there's a palpable energy. in the Yeah, room for yeah, just.
0: I mean, it must have been a thing about for the people that saw it when they were starting or at university, and it was their their childhood, yeah, or their youthful. They'd have done the catchphrases, and it was a. Because they're all forty other people, I was like, "Oh right, yeah, this is our audience now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, forty, <laughs> yeah, and I am one, and I am one, yeah, and you're one. And it's like, well, yes, this is what it is. We yeah. we were an older, we thing from the from the nineties. <laughs> it's funny because you know we never, <laughs> you don't think past the thing you're in here. You're in no. the moment, and I remember living through the League of Gentlemen and you'd never think uh, there'll be a point where this stops and we have to think of another thing Mm. never thought that then No. but then when that started to loom it was like oh yeah this is not good it's like dying you know it's going to happen one day but you just sort of get on with the present but it never did yeah I know I suppose it never did did. people kept it alive yeah they did yeah and it was was thrilling for that because who knew that those characters are so grotesque and monstrous (laughs) would um, have such there'd be such love for them and affection I mean, we were never trying to be. I think we were always very loyal to the characters, really, and there's always heart in it in the league. Yeah, it absolutely. wasn't um, yeah, yeah. cold. I remember some director once saying, There's no heart in what you do, and I thought, Wow, you've really misread it because there really is. Yeah. You've got that wrong. I thought, Yeah. it's You've only sort of extracted the cruelty, but there is such love, really, for the characters and the kernel of. of uh, of human nature in all of them however grotesque you can. Mm. that's why people are affected by them because yeah, yeah. what happens to them mattered you know yeah yeah Well, I thought, it was when, when fun. we had
1: Mark on I thought the same thing as I'm thinking now which is just the luck that you guys all met each other and were there at the same time yeah you know and it's almost changed the face of British comedy and it's just you guys happen to be there the audience of yeah. crazy
0: I know yeah, it's true mm. isn't it yeah and just all those little connections that you can't you could never now make probably. It's a funny. Mark always talks about doing a another idea. I'm going to throw to the wind, but he was of of being taken from your life and took back in time, and then having to try to do it again and make all the same little connections. It yeah. just accidentally happened, and you were in the right place. And how hard it would be, in the energy involved in trying to do it again. You know, it would be. But yeah, just to be introduced to Mark via Gordon and. And then do and then Jeremy into the mix from Leeds University and it all just fell into place. Yeah, and we all had the st- incredibly the sort of the same childhood. All remember our our night in uh, 1976 when we all stayed in and watched Carry On Screaming rather than watch the bonfire night fireworks. Yeah, yeah. is like that we all did it? It was yeah. all so <laughs> strange. It was like we were literally like long lost brothers. That's my favourite Carry On film. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny to think it should have been um, Sid in the. Yeah. Uh, Harry H. Corbett part I can't it? imagine it yeah I says. know because he's so perfect isn't yeah. he in that part like, when you think of it you go oh yeah of course but yeah. no it's right that it's him Yeah. and always was been something been really it. terrifying when he was turning into Jekyll <laughs> yeah. his horrible sort of goofy face yeah. but actually really sinister as well yeah it immediately <laughs> comes back as an image of terrifying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old oh, Bod Junior as well yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so Bod Junior I forgot yeah. about yeah. Bod Junior Dan it's Dan the lavatory yeah. I know yeah you should watch it on on Bonfire Night Yes, yeah, that's homage yeah
2: so obviously after such a huge success yeah the gentleman, you move on to do it working more with Steve and
0: yes well that was funny because yeah. it, it came about we never we would have carried on trying to do the league but I think it was Mark and Jeremy were like and it was quite right I think we'd done it for so long we, mm. just thought, we need to recharge the batteries it wasn't like right we're stopping we're not doing it now we're disbanding it was mm. just let's have a we'd done it for so long it just felt like we needed to think well we've sort of mined every facet of Mm. everything now and we were always so big on and and quite hard on ourselves to not repeat the jokes or or feel like we people could accuse us of treading water or you know it's got a bit stayed or and you know you could still point at some bits and think it was blah, but we always felt that we were moving it on third series very different to the first two because it was more narratives yeah and longer stories with one set of characters which some people really liked so other people didn't like because they liked the sort of pick and mix of having sure, flitting yeah, around yeah. lots of characters but you forfeited that just to, to ring the changes um, but then Steve and I thought well, well shall we try and do something together and, and might it be and unencumbered by having four minds on a thing we thought we could try something a little bit more narrative driven and more storytelling and Something that would we could write just as a two because it would be easier to have our vision of the trajectory of it. And that was why Psychoville came about because it was this sort of um, mystery thriller and it, it fed into our want at that time and a slight move away from sketches into more of a longer form storytelling mm. thing. And it was at the time of we were watching 24 and the box yeah, set where yeah, there were sure, cliffhangers yeah. and we thought these were a, a comedy thriller we could write that would you you couldn't not wait to watch the next one. You know, such expectation, a, a labyrinthine plot. And so we just came up with the episode one and two. It was a pitch thing. We just went, we wrote the first episode, these six weird characters and they all get a letter, I know what you did. yeah, And they're all linked somehow and someone is black men and you don't know what it is. And then we took it to the BBC and they were like, well, yeah, what, what happens, what is it? They we said, well, you have to commission it. <laughs> we didn't yeah. even know that. We just thought it's a great hook. Yeah. Can we hook them in quite literally? And we did a, a rehearsed reading of it. I think maybe we had two episodes. but anyway, yeah, maybe it was two. We read them to just a live audience, and it was much bigger because it was like you'd ple- crowd, you're pleasing the room. It's like you've got to make them laugh in the room to convince the commissioners that wow, sat that's there. A sta-
2: is that quite a stand thing to do? Though? Yeah.
0: Well, maybe maybe now it's perhaps a little bit more. You, you would get round a table read where you yeah. wouldn't maybe have an audience watching. But this was like a performance. We were at one end. Dawn did it. French was doing Joy, the part wow. of Joy. And um, Dennis Lawson was in it. And I think Daisy Haggard was in yeah. it. And we were all in a line at the end. And there was a big audience of people watching it, invited. Wow. On our side, it was like yeah, they sure, were at, yeah. there to laugh. But it, nevertheless, had it gone, was it, if it was quiet, I think they would have gone, mm, yeah, yeah. flaring yeah. in the room. Well, no, it wasn't very funny. And that would have decided its fate. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and even though really we were doing a version of it that was never the version of it because it's low key, single yeah. Sure, camera, yeah, yeah, yeah. much more dramatic. So you were doing a, a, an odd sort of lie just to try and get it look to make it look sort of bigger than it is because it was it was never going to be multi camera sort of Mrs Brown's Boys huge performances type thing. But anyway, it, it, happily they commissioned it and we did. And too I guess soon. so. You aware that you didn't want it to be another league yes you know, I like, mean that. Yeah. And again looming over everything mm. is the terror of of your second album and what yeah, do you do and yeah. we haven't got those two now and if it flops is it right well that's because they haven't got those two yeah, yeah. with them and all those things that you just fear that is it the same I mean you can only really arrive with a thing that pegs you out as, as a certain alright oh, we've got them they're dark comedy they do that so you know yeah. people then are, you're written off a little bit then because the people that expect it of you so we thought, is it just going to be more of the same? But I think it did. It was good. I think people really responded oh, yeah, to yeah. it and we liked it, and, it. Yeah, I it was great, and people were hooked in. And it was quite. It was League, but not League. It was coming I mean, the irony of yeah. Psychoville was, was I think in Japan or somewhere. I can't remember. It was some territory that it, the, the translation for League of Gentlemen was Psychoville.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, why we called Psychoville Psychoville because
0: oh, it was okay. like it was like the League again, but a yeah. different. Yeah. Version. So that oh, was why cool. we called it Psychoville. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so yeah we did two series of that and a Halloween special what was Psycho film called in, <laughs> in uh, yes that's a good question that should have been the third thing that we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, nine <laughs> yeah, yeah I would if it was yeah, yeah I'm sure it wasn't but uh, yeah so that was great and again that was it, it was nice to be writing just as a pair yeah. because there was less trying to fiddle with the material and how do you shoehorn it all in that sure, was always yeah. a hard thing with the league just trying to think of a overarching story but essentially it's just these sketches that we have to try and fit mm. in somehow it was a lesson to learn that you can't have everything you can't do you've got to have parameters to what you're writing and yeah. sometimes you 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 know you can't some, that's a really funny sketch but it doesn't fit and you go why can't I do it we want to be able to do anything now but mm. you can't it's very strange the league I watched we did some we had a night in the at the phoenix where I live uh, in a cinema and we showed and first an episode of the League, an episode of Psychophon, an episode of Inside Number Nine, just to sort of our, our chart, our careers. And I'd not seen this episode, it was of the third series of the League for years. I mean, literally, I don't think I've seen it since it was on. And it was so weird, yeah. <laughs> just with, with absolute no memory of doing it now and watching it like anybody which, would. Which, which it was this episode? first episode of series three. Oh, okay, yeah, with yeah. With Pauline coming out of prison. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, this is such a strange <laughs> program. What an odd tone to it. <laughs> Filthy. Yeah. Mad, weird, dark. I mean, it's cruel, and it, it felt like what it was, which was like these people that were let loose with the allowed to do all. I mean, God knows what we were thinking, but sort of anything. It was it was the baby in the bathwater. Really? Yeah, just, yeah. Just the everything but the kitchen sink. It, it tonally all over the place because we were just. Kids who had oh, let's do a bit like the shining let's do a bit yeah, like yeah, yeah. christy don't now, and you, know, and all these things, and it, you can sort of tell it's that it maybe is a bit studenty in a way i don't know, but I think there was there was thought there was method behind it, but it did it does feel very um, of its time because it it was it was these fertile mines that had suddenly had at their disposal the ability to sort of do all these these things that they've loved, you know, and, and repeat mm. them. And I think that's all we're doing now. Steve and I are doing the number nines. We're just trying to make telly that we would have liked to watch. Yeah. yeah. And, and fans of it, fans of, our, of ourselves, you know, and thinking what would it be like to watch something where yeah. this happens or you're not expecting where it goes. And, and it's really hard with telly, isn't it, these days, because everything is spoiled and you get to know... yeah basically the plots of everything before you watch it and you watch it and you go oh, yeah I read that yeah, That yeah. beat for beat that's what was going to happen and it yeah. happened and if you keep anything back it's a, a triumph
1: well the, the trailers on Netflix now for shows are about three minutes long well, oh really yeah the whole season is a whole lot really quick awesome. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't See, yeah. done it yeah. yeah I've mainlined
0: it yeah, yeah. and but even three just minutes just, is a lot too long yeah, to watch yeah exactly yeah oh god I'm a minute in yeah yeah
2: well, I was going to say it's interesting because of the rising anthology series. Yeah. You know, because obviously it's quite a few now. Black Mirror. Um,
0: yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, coming back. Electric yeah. Dreams. Um, yeah, yeah. Blood and all. Twilight Zone even. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and I, I loved the Tales of the Unexpected. When, you know, yes, like, yeah. Um, and I wondered if that's, you know, we're maybe as consumers we're only able to take smaller nuggets of things Yes, now. it we might we well be. Um you know I I, mean, I, know I talk to people and say oh you know you've got to watch this series or that series you No, know, watch Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones whatever it might be and they're like oh it's like that's eight, three, yeah. Yeah. That's eight series yeah oh, I don't yeah, know if yeah. I can I know well, that's a big commitment how long have you got left in your <laughs> you life yeah? whereas you
0: know it's something like Inside Number 9 where you can dip in and out of yeah, course yeah. yeah I mean you can you can see how it might have uh, tipped the other way and you just want a quick fix of a beginning, middle and end. You're not committed to 22 years yeah. of your life to yeah. see the whole thing out. Yeah, yeah, And it's it's sort of the other way, isn't it? Or an hour long, if it's mm. a Black Mirror or whatever, an hour and a half. So I, I can understand how you might want to just enjoy one tale. The received wisdom of the commissioners was always that you, you need to hook people in with the same characters coming back because that's the audience's reason to mm. come back because they get invested. Yeah. yeah. But equally... I mean, there's a long tradition of one-off little half-hour plays of, you know, as we've just mentioned, all those mm. ones you mentioned, Charles, but it's just, it's daft that they, they're sort of only just realising it. If they're good stories, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the secret. Yeah. yeah. It's an obvious thing to say it, but no one quite realises it. Yeah, 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 rap- yeah. Wrapping it up with this other thing. If it's been a good half-hour, then that's what you take away, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And I think you might think, oh, I'll, I'll watch the next one, see if that's any good. Not, oh, I can't go back because they've all died, or yeah. that's the end of it. I <laughs> yeah. can't, can't return to that time slot anymore. So it's a funny thing because they they still cling to um, they. I don't know who they are, but <laughs> they um, the idea that the um, the viewer now watches programs, rushes home to watch a thing at half eight. Yeah. No one does that anymore. No, exactly. no. You are your own scheduler exactly, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. why people watch telly. I, I, it's but and yet there's still quite a lot of power in I think the overnights, and when they look at things and have people watch a programme at a certain time. But yeah. I don't think people do that anymore. Or maybe they do, maybe I'm really wrong, I don't know. But I know there's still store put in it, but I'm, I'm sure people just click all the things that they want to watch at some point and and then f- seek yeah, it out and watch yeah. it in I your own controller.
1: Audiences are savvy as well, like you say. If something's good, they'll watch it regardless. Yeah. But just going back to the Psychoville stuff, Yeah. I guess... It's always difficult for writers performers when you've had such a big success. Yeah. I guess there must feel massive pressure then to to repeat that and and to like you said, live up to people's expectations. It did was you sort of feel that.
0: We did, yeah, and it was you you're fearful of um of thinking that you you can't you can't better it and you and whatever you do. I mean in some ways that's true probably. People have even I mean I think that uh, Inside number nine is some of the best things we've done, but because I think we've got better. Happily, I mean, I can imagine people getting worse as well, but I I think our writing has got more attuned and we're bolder and we we dare to think more that we are writers and we can do it. Whereas it was always a bit tentative with League, and it was, and yet some people very much will. You'll never better League. That's the best thing you've ever done, Mm. and and that's because that's when they first experienced us, and Mm. that'll never change in their mind. It's a, a seminal thing so whatever you do you might you're on it's it's the perception thing but it was a it was a big thing to dare to do something else but it felt different enough that it wasn't sketches and we were sort of trying this new thing it was fun to stay in one character for a bit longer than just three hours in a day before we have to quickly change and get into another one because doing all these sketches you can't do them now they don't do sketch shows anymore they're too expensive that's what we found I mean they're really hard to get off the ground I think they just the idea the, the turnover of locations and places and costumes and makeup, just to get a half yeah, hour well, of the different things I, I think obviously. they're hard to do well as well yeah, yeah really well you hard. get that hit, you get hit and miss yeah mm. because that set the party high yeah uh, <laughs> well I don't know people would say that we were missed as well some people just didn't get it but you know it was, mm. it, it was always a strong flavour as we used to say and I think and that was good I liked that about it because it was very sure of itself you could not like it but you couldn't sort of deny it's it, it was so um, it knew what it was mm. and that was another thing that we found that was bold about it I think it arrived fully formed and just it, there was nothing tentative about it I think and it was undiluted Us, mm. it wasn't tampered with by commissioners that were like well, could you maybe maybe we sh- you should end it with it and it would, we didn't have interference I mean you couldn't really get your claws in it it was too singular and that's always a sign I think when something is authored and you can tell that the, the voice hasn't been um sort of stretched in, yeah. in, a, in a direction the person didn't want to write it mm. the worst is when you find yourself writing a thing and you think I wouldn't I don't want to write this this is not what I first sat mm. out yeah I don't want to even want to watch it and might not now be toiling yeah. at these notes yeah. that are now not my thing but that's a process that's what people go through and, and we happily f- haven't had that for a long time
1: well you can feel it when you're writing can't you that sometimes you write a script and it's just falling out of you. Yeah. And you just you just know exactly where it's going and sometimes you are looking at the same page and you're just like I can't, Yeah, yeah. I can't see it. How are
0: you going. with the writing process? Is it something you enjoy or it, it? Yeah, I find it like hard work. Mm. I mean but it's that really it's what you say sometimes it you can we talk a lot before we even begin attempting to write anything because we we found that we it's only really to avoid the point where you're writing, thinking, what we're doing, don't know where we're going. Mm. So if you've really talked about it for a long time, know what beat for beat, what the scene is about, why you need to say this and what you need to get out, then you can sort of get through it quite quickly. And it's just about getting to the end. If you can get 30 pages, <laughs> we have this game where we're writing, how many pages? <laughs> Even if it's all rubbish, it's just that you've got a thing, haven't you? And then yeah. you can go back and start shaping yeah. it and yeah. taking bits out but it's hard, I find it hard. I mean, we've got better at it, I think, as a pair. We've been writing with each other now for you know, 30, 25 years. Yeah. So we're comfortable in the silences because we sit both literally sometimes just in, in absolute silence, just puzzling, mm. pondering mm-hmm. in, in a quiet. And it's not un- uncomfortable, like, oh, we've got to say something because the other one's going to be thinking. Well, we are happy with just a mull in each other's company, but uh, not really row, but we do. Interrogate it a lot, you know, mm. and the, especially with the number 9s because they're such puzzles and riddles in themselves. And it's a lot of talking before we even think: Has that got legs? Could that be a? Could that be a number nine? You know, could yeah. that be a story. Could that go anywhere? And are there other
2: places you won't go, like, you know, there's always this thing about, you know, where yeah, cross, the line. crosses the line a little bit. I don't
0: like. know. I think we've always, been, I mean, you know, we when we did that one the first what, episode ever of number nine, the sardines one, they were all in a wardrobe. Mm. And it was quite a funny idea. Initially, all it was, was let's do one where you're, you're in the wardrobe, you're playing sardines, and it's just one character every five minutes will join. And that would be quite a funny scenario to watch end up with 13 people. Yeah. And they've all got little quibbles and stories, and you could get lots of, one of them laughs. One of them spells. <laughs> that sort of thing. So, And it was to- perfectly serviceable Idea, and we wrote it, and we just thought it was lacking. We thought it's fine, it's fine, but it oh, didn't yeah. quite have the thing of that they all need, and we feel that we need to inject where it's just suddenly at some point there's a something that elevates everything to a, a different. The stakes become much higher, and it, everything matters more. So we very carefully plotted in, with actually barely any changes to the original script, this dark thing that happened in the past that was just. Occasionally seeded and mentioned, and it was this abuse that had gone on when the, the boys were small with um, Timothy West, and it was suddenly it, it came alive. And I, it was—it's a, a horrible subject matter, but I thought we did it—you know—took it very seriously and we did it very judiciously, and yet it, it gave it suddenly the fire underneath the whole thing that I think just elevated it into something into more into drama. I think our things are yeah. always edging toward. Um, the dramatic and we do stuff in our comedy that's really harrowing sometimes and, and take and sort of wins you because you're not expecting it. You get up to watch a comedy and then suddenly yeah. you've got this you enter into something that makes you cry and you're really surprised because you didn't expect that we would do that. And that's that's feeling alive watching a thing, isn't it? And that really happens. So well, that's why that, we
1: do it. That's why you guys are so good though because that is a real skill. To yeah. do that. Well hopefully we can do it, yes.
0: And I guess and that is when we feel we've been successful, or it's it's caught fire for us when it is. You're you're skirting that yeah. line where it's not just silly and funny, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, and it's really hard to do. Oftentimes, the the last thing that we think about, or the thing that has to be injected at the end, is and after all that, all the plot. Why is it apparently funny? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what's the funny thing yeah. about this? Because yeah. it's easy, really, to do all the drama and the beats and the, and the nuts and bolts of what he is just telling. But then it's. But what's the funny thing? What's the, Who are the characters? Why are they funny? Yeah. Is there a laugh in it? And increasingly, sometimes we think, "Well, does it matter?" Yeah. And of course, yeah. and and yeah. we've done some, and we thought, "Well, maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Mm. Maybe if it's really mm. good, mm. and we're happy with it." And there are some where we think actually it's, it's low on laughs, but we're really happy with it because yeah. it's. It just feels like a great episode but
1: it it comes back to that if it's good yeah I think it, it won't
0: matter yeah I mean there's that one that Steve was brilliant in when he did the. We, I wanted to do a Fritzl type one. one oh it was yes. someone yeah. and it was that was oh, quite a harrowing watch yeah. really even just for the awfulness of that failing marriage scenes of a yeah, marriage yeah there's some yeah. dark moments yeah, there, yeah and you know you could go well that's just not funny enough if you need some joke about it. but then we didn't mind because we just thought it's you sort of gripped you the thing that, that unlocked that was we always have this phrase: "What do you think you're watching?" Yeah. Because you've got to know what you, what the audience you want the audience to go. All oh, right, yeah, I got, I get what this is. So as soon as we hit on the idea of the marriage vow c- cards coming up, yeah, it was like, all oh, right, people will just think we're doing we're exploring this failing marriage, marriage via yeah. the the vows, and that was that was fine, that we had a structure that looked like that's what the audience thought they were watching. And then, yeah. you know, we, then it was an exercise in how long can you keep back that he's got the cleaning lady downstairs <laughs> locked in the room. And that was, you know, and we wanted to do that at the end. We, originally the script was, it happened at the very end. It, it, you'd got to feel really sorry for him the entire time. And then this, okay, the so final the, thing, the twist, yeah. was the end, the very yeah. end, and he unlocked and he saw it and yeah. he went like, what? Oh my God, but we just thought, he's, yeah. there's so, also something great about knowing for a time yeah, that everything's flips and, and who he is and what he is, yeah. and playing with the audience, then watching him through a very different yeah. pr- and that's prism. Gets just <laughs> yes, and yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. And we had him. You know, yeah, the, the tables turn with the yeah. with the boy. So yeah, it, it's it, it's a lovely thing to be allowed to do the the anthology because it's a yeah. rare thing. But it gets it gets harder definitely because of the expectation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep ramping it up. Yeah, you? and and how do you keep thinking while we've done? We've sort of done that already, you know. It feels like we have, you know. We, we, but um, you know, we've managed to do it again. We've just finished series five, and it's all in the bag. So, what I think are you like? The,
1: sorry, what are you like with those kind of black moments and in between work or in between ideas, and, and, and what do
0: you kind of do I, then? I'm quite good at um, becoming completely lazy and enjoying the time off. And I'm I, possibly too good at it, but I, I feel like I can just potter around forever, just looking at my magic books and being at home, never going out. I don't go out much. Uh, this is a massive trial. For me <laughs> well, Meet can, you here. You're yeah, very anyway. yeah. welcome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. I feel a little bit jittery. Um, but um, so it's... um, and, and yet, and yet, I say that, and I can re- relax and, and be happy thinking I've got nothing coming, nothing looming. No project, and I think I do start to feel a little bit like what 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 am I doing? You know, even that that's in the back of my mind. If I'm honest with myself, because I on the one hand I like to think I could just go and hold it forever, but I do have a, I am quite a fidgety. I think I need to feel like even if I'm not doing it now, even if it's, I'm doing it in three months, I've just got the idea of that thing that is going to yeah. start happening again. But um, yeah, I, I you know I'm being quite quiet and quite shy, I often have my blank moments really, I was thinking about this and uh, when I'm in rooms with people I don't know and how awkward I I feel it sometimes is, I've gone to BBC things and not been able to open my mouth out of complete, I don't I can't get, I can't see a way in with anybody in this room I don't know anybody and I can't march up to someone and go hello and I've looked round as if I'm looking for someone and gone home (laughs) (laughs) without speaking a word to anybody Wow. Yeah. Just out of complete sort of cripple shyness. Yeah. And that ha- that's happened a few times at various things at parties that I've been to. Not that I go to very many parties, but mm. I can easily find myself thinking I I you can't avoid see a way in. So yeah, I, I do a bit, yeah, I do, yeah. I'm quite I'm happy just to nod and smile but not really start strike up. I'm not I don't want to be the centre of attention and I find it quite hard to start. I'd be happier just to stand and let someone come up to me and go oh how are you oh, hello are you? Yeah. and then yeah. do a conversation that's fine mm-hmm. But then I think immediately I must be boring you please move on go to somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know that terrible thing where you're talking and they're looking over at your shoulder yeah please out. go go yeah. I understand please yeah. leave yeah. Yeah. don't worry about it yeah. so you know I'm very I want I don't want to put, put people out their misery before they even begin speaking to me <laughs> 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 I get that as well definitely
1: yeah, you're yeah. hearing yourself talking yes like, well actually I'm quite bored by this yes so absolutely yeah As
0: well. that's what I think all the time Yeah.
1: But you're, that, that's quite a vulnerable moment I think well, I yeah. get that Social anxiety as well. Yeah. But then, as an actor, you're know. playing on vulnerability the whole time.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I've had uh, times on stage when I've gone where the lines have gone, and that's scary. I mean, you, you learn the lines because you can't bear the, like, the thought of what would happen if you didn't know it, and it has. And sometimes, forgetting the lines can be, you, you know, you know it backward, and yet for some reason there's some something happens and you've completely lost your thread and that's there's only one time I've had to actually ask it was in a preview of Absent Friends of the Alan Aitborn thing and I did this this big speech and I just completely lost my thread it was only it was a preview so it wasn't even actually opened but I literally couldn't remember and I I said I'm really sorry and I just looked and I said "I've, I've gone wrong haven't I can you just and they shouted it and I was back on track but it got a yeah. big clap and people don't mind it but yeah. you are mortified yeah, for cool. everyone else who's in trying to be in it yeah. 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 you've broken everything <laughs> and they're trying to battle on and you know, Saint, it, it's awful it. and it, it, <laughs> it completely yeah. color, it's like a big drop of black ink into the, into the water for, of the rest of your yeah. performance because that's all you're thinking about yeah. no one else is bothered there was a time when we I think there was a terrible silence and something went wrong and I was doing the dresser and I thought, oh, what a shame. It's been absolute ruin for these people that I had in. I never even noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I came out just like, Ash, and you know, I'm so sorry. What, yeah. what, yes. what was it? It in the first half when it all went wrong and there was the big silence. Oh, no, I didn't notice it. I said, oh, we thought that was one of your best bits. Part of it. <laughs> yeah, it was so, uh, it was yeah. so uh, palpable atmosphere. No, no, <laughs> that was because it had all have gone wrong. So anyway, yeah it's, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to be... So shy and be an actor because it's you think you you want to be, but it's not unusual. You hear it all the time yeah, people so yeah. quite. I can I'm very happy to hide behind the the lines and can be because then you, it's not you, is it? You're you're putting on this thing that's assured. You've learnt the pretend version of the confident person, yeah, and you're just yeah. this little little man in the background behind the curtain. <laughs> Do not look at the man yeah. behind Talk the curtain.
2: Yeah. So when you're in work mode, I guess you, the shyness. Is
0: yeah yeah because you in with people that you're trying Mm. to get the best work out of everyone aren't you and and collaboratively that's an exciting place to be I think we thrive on hoping that you know we know a certain amount of what we do and then it gets to the point where you presume other people know better than you so you take the scripts and then it's like well what what about the director will say well you could do this and it's like oh wow that's that's instantly you've made it better than it was Mm. you know and you're hoping that everyone will ship in and it'll all just get buoyed up to something that was even better than you hoped when you wrote it in a room in Muswell hill eight months ago you know but yeah i I guess i do sort of turn on i can do it i can sort of get through and and look like i'm a a funny person (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not really i'm quite uh, crippled with shyness (laughs) but yeah there's a version where i can go all right okay it's slightly deep breath and turn it on and, and go and look like you, chatty and amiable. But other times I can't, and I, I, it, it doesn't. I, I get trapped in that f- that first point of not being able to uh, to break through and speak. And it's like actually, it's better if I if I go home, I'd be much more comfortable. Why put myself through this, wandering around the room, hoping someone might start talking to me because I can't think of a thing to say. Yeah, and that's hard, isn't it? It's funny because yeah, yeah.
2: because I think. Because shyness often starts in childhood. Yeah, it? yeah. You think it's the sort of thing, you know, that you might grow out of as, you know, you're putting yourself in positions where you, you know, you might have to socially interact. Yeah, yeah, yeah people. of course. But it doesn't seem to. I mean, I I, I can be shy in those moments as well. And it, it. You just. I just think, oh, it's all right. I'll be all right this time. And then it's yeah, the same so, Yeah, it's yeah, funny, think,
0: isn't it? I mean, it's, I don't think it's. A, we're not talking about something very. I think everyone has it, don't they, at certain yeah. times. And it's. um. I guess it's just how you feel, how you confident you feel. If you literally know many people, you would be all right if you knew one person that you could just gravitate to a little bit just to break yeah. that first thing. Yeah. Then you, you've got the perception of, well, I'm talking to this person. Someone might see that I can do it. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. there's, you've unlocked yeah. a sort of door, yeah. haven't you, that yeah. allows you for the rest of the night to be able to be a bit buoyant on the, the idea that you've done it, you've initially done it. But if you can't get through that first... Mm. It's like having that thing the, when you're in a play or something and you the audience never quite get the permission to laugh at the start and it never breaks, yeah. the moment never breaks and it's like, they've never they've never s- got engaged with it we haven't yeah, given them yeah. that point where it's oh right, we're in good hands, yeah. it's fine yeah. and it's a similar thing where you just that you can't that first door doesn't just creak open yeah. you just be stuck behind it for the rest of the night yeah.
1: and it's like that perception of everyone else seeing that you're a chatty, engaging guy So you think, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I've put this out there now
2: Yes,
0: An expectation it's like a, of you as a public
1: figure and stuff. That you, yeah, that
0: you, of course there is. Yeah, and yeah. I guess that's maybe that's even that plays on your mind yeah, as well a little, a little more bit. Yeah, pressure isn't like, to be this yeah, life and style. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm uh, quite quite happy to just be pottering around in my own company. But you know, I can't. I used to be very shy when um, family members would come round. You have that when you were little, like your aunties come around. Oh yeah, no! Yeah. I would try and stay upstairs as long as I could, yeah. even though they've. What were you we doing? It's strange. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Come down, your auntie Pat's come around It's like oh, oh. Auntie Pat again. <laughs> yeah. And you just you you want to be out the house or be yeah. upstairs and not come down and yeah. come and say hello to your granddad and it's just like, yeah. uh, hello, yeah. crippled yeah. with not being able to say, say a single thing or look like you're on show. I remember it palpably. Not because they were, I mean they were all lovely and nice and probably don't want, want to speak to you for a minute, just say, oh, yeah. how, how are you? Yeah. My eldest son now is like that, like, uh, Really, he's he's so you see it kind of yeah, like, yeah, and you yeah, think, that actually, right. oh
2: okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was the same. Yeah. So you, you kind of, I think it's nice to see, we often see things in our children, don't we? Yeah. Yes, of course, yeah. It takes you back to that. And you remember, and yeah. Think, yeah oh, think, oh, shit, oh, yes, probably. Should Making them answer not, the door for things. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: cripplingly. Yeah, awful, answer, that yeah would you know, be. answer the phone or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. In. I don't, don't want
1: to. Don't yeah. make yeah. me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think my, my issue, like that, I struggled with when I was a kid, and now at times is I'm worried I'm going to say something really stupid. Yeah, people are going to look at me and be like, "You idiot!" And so I just think sometimes it's better just to like then not open my
0: mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I have that. Of that all the time, where I think it's better they can't. Acu- I can't be held culpable if I just never said anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrified. Yeah, yeah. And then you just think, yeah, it's just better to be quiet, and then you can't hold it against me. Because I think, I, like you say, you, you're speaking, and people are nodding and smiling, vaguely thinking, "Who is this idiot?" Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's born of when insecurity or thinking you're not the people more intelligent. Or I'm I, not that I'm cowed by people but I sort of am as well in a weird way in certain circumstances yeah it's funny
1: well um, Reese, thank you for your time you're welcome we normally end the podcast by asking our guests for just their advice on blank moments to our listeners but I'm wondering as well maybe we might have listeners who like us kind of struggle with social anxiety and yeah. is there maybe an advice to anyone sort of with that perspective
2: turn and walk away again. turn and
0: walk away <laughs> well I mean in some yeah. ways that is the uh, in that moment it probably might be that if you do yourself a service yeah. uh, yeah. and think I can't no one will mind yeah. or use it the other way and go I can speak to these people and no one will mind not yeah. going to say anything stupid yeah. and just go yeah. and plunge in and dare to do it because I've done that as well and then actually I've had a nice time sometimes that happens doesn't it you think I'm dreading this night I don't yeah. want to go to this thing yeah. and you come back and think I'm really glad I went yeah. so there's no, it's not all doom and gloom you can have a nice time if you just put a little bit of that that initial t- toe in the water which I know is sometimes a massive step but i think you can um, surprise yourself that you've, you've had a nice night if you try and do it even if it's just about going out and seeing some people that you you haven't seen for ages and you're slightly embarrassed because you don't know what to say to them yeah, yeah. that's all i would say i mm. can't say anymore i'm too shy <laughs> <laughs> well we really appreciate you no, coming to oh, see us you. because well, you're uh, welcome.
2: you know now that we know about your crippling yes you know, I know it's yeah. even more of a privilege
0: to You're very welcome. It's been lovely. Thank Thank you you very much.
2: That was Reece Shearsmith on The Black Podcast. It was. What a nice guy. Oh, lovely guy. Yeah. And just, yeah, just, I'll say, I know, we we were saying earlier, weren't we, that um, we kind of say the same things <laughs> on these tops and tails, and I'm sure everyone gets very bored uh, of our <laughs> our meanderings on the beginning and ends of our podcast. But genuinely, lovely to spend time with these people, and uh, great to connect with Reece and and talk to him about... A, what has been a glittering career really yeah.
1: um oh you think on about some the huge shows the impact he's had on you know the british comedy scene oh, not massive. just with the other guys from the league yeah. as well but uh, you know psychoville and inside number nine yeah. you know he's he's creating these really cult classics yeah and he's also really there's a really nice energy about him and he was very I, you could tell that uh talking about the shyness and stuff probably wasn't the easiest thing to talk about but it, Really appreciate him being open about mm. it. And I'm sure there'll be people that will, have list, just listened to this and can relate to that on so many levels. And I hope, in a way, that was kind of a support because I think we all have, yeah, we certainly. all deal with it in a way. Yeah,
2: and I empathised with a lot of it. You know, that, those times when you are going to a do or, a, or a, it could be just a wedding or a party or something and you don't know that many people and, you know, trying to make conversation and stuff or, or, or initiating conversation, it's really difficult. Yeah. You know, and um so I really... I was really, really, really empathised with a lot of what
1: he was saying there. Yeah, me too. So thank you, Reese, so much for joining us on the podcast. And uh, we've got two from of Gentleman now. So I think we need to, in the next few weeks, try and Steve get another Pen- one. Come on, Steve. Yeah, come we, on, Steve. We need you. We need you to complete the trilogy. <laughs> um, uh, so if you would like to get in contact with the podcast, we are on Twitter, which is at blank pod. Um, and we get so many tweets. Like, I, I actually can't keep up with how many we get. Uh, so I really, really appreciate everyone that tweets us in. Uh, we do read them all. And Giles is very diligent and pretty much replies to all of them as well. So if you do tweet us at BlankPod, it will be read. Uh, and in fact, I think we've got a couple to read out now. So this one's from Grumpy Old Kenobi. Oh, okay. I don't suppose is
2: his real name. Who, hey, it might be. It might knows? be a she, actually. Yeah, exactly. It could be. Exactly. Yeah. I sh- yeah. I think by the picture, it's a male person. But anyway, this is from Grumpy One Kenobi. Yeah, is, that's a great uh, name. Yeah, it is. Fantastic podcast. Just listen to the Roisin Conity episode, which Ooh, is way back. Number remember. two. Yeah. So, so I think well, I'm finding actually a lot of people are starting to go back through the back catalogue, which is Brilliant. lovely. Yeah. yeah. A fascinating insight into stand up comedy and screenwriting uh, and general approach towards life. Favorite point for me was that it's better to be brave and have a go rather than letting fear hinder your life. So that's, um, yeah, one oh, of the great little pearls is, from, from Roisin, who was brilliant
1: on that. That has just that. hit me actually right in the gut because that's actually very much applies to my life right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good pod. That it was a good pod. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Grumpy.
2: Yes. Lovely tweet. Yeah, so i got another message here from Stephen Leverdale. Uh, Dreadful drive home, made bearable by blank pod. I was transfixed by Ben Bailey-Smith's honesty. How do Jim Daly and Giles Polly Phillips do it? also it made me really ambitious to open a swanky watery called the pretentious dolphin
1: <laughs> excellent yeah. ex oh what a lovely tweet yeah, uh, ben's yeah. pod was excellent as yeah, well he, yeah ben's god he sprint. was so good yeah, love- yeah and how do we do it we just turn up
2: yeah it's it's um of judgment i think
1: you do a lot of admin i literally just turn up <laughs> you're a vital cog <laughs> in this wheel <laughs> Um, Jim Daly I'm glad people oh, I'm loving all these tweets I'm glad people are yeah. enjoying um, the pod so thank you oh, Twitter is at blank pod and also if you're on Instagram um, or you're on Facebook we're also on there as well and it's also at blank pod and also you can email us as well if you, you want to get in contact with a slightly longer message and our email is theblankpodcast2018 at com. lovely stuff cool and uh, that's it for this week we'll be back next week with another guest on the Blank Podcast Charles have a great week and you Jim thanks mate and you as well and uh, we will see you again soon goodbye